Thanks to Casey Johnson, we now have kind of more details on Zach Levine's thoughts on the current trade rumors and why this time's different. And it honestly leads me to think Zach's time with Chicago actually is about to be over. We're going to talk about that. Plus, I got an interview with Justin from the Bloody Horns podcast. We're also going to attach to this episode. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. So this is a mix of an update and a pre-recorded uh, video kind of a little bit of a mix here uh, so we got uh, updates now from Casey Johnson in regards to Zach Levine's kind of thought process and and some of the comments he made in regards to the trade and Zach Levine's wording on this has been is a lot different and expect a lot of headlines to take it and run with it but you know even in being asked about it he had this to say uh, and you and I want to compare it ex- ex- to usually how Zach Levine so anytime trade rumors have come out even recently Zach Levine has said it hasn't come from me in my camp Well, this time he said this uh, exactly, Uh, you know, it's a business and then went on to say that that's what uh, that's why I have representatives like Rich Paul. If he speaks on my behalf, that's my agent. That's who I obviously have my camp with. uh, They talk to our tourists and them. My job is to go out there and uh, go out here and play. Simple as that. That is while again, you know, I'm, I'm not one to sensationalize. Right. While those comments could also very well be read as, hey, I'm not even finna talk about it. Let's keep it moving. I'm here to play basketball. We got a game today. I want to be clear on that. That absolutely can can be taken that way. But when you look at how Zach Levine is handled and just outright saying, and even just earlier in the summer saying, hey, I think I'm going to be here in Chicago for a long time to come. Well, that now has changed, right? Even saying this, I don't take anything for granted. My time here has been nothing but wonderful. I've grown up here. I've raised a family here, had some great memories. Hopefully, people understand how much I care about Chicago. Now, again, you guys know, I really do not like to sensationalize. That's just not me. That's not what I like to do. But when you hear those comments, when you hear that phrasing from a player like Zach Levine, that's to me sounds like a player who is ready to get up out of here. Not maybe not not necessarily saying maybe that if the Bulls do make a different trade to where it improves this team, maybe he does want to stay in there. But Zach Levine, considering now he's gotten his money, he's gone through the seven years here in Chicago. And if he does at getting to the point where he just wants to win, like I say with every player, I completely understand players who get in that that place and are, are at, at the place where they just want to win. They just want to compete. They just want to know that they're fighting for something, right? I don't, I don't, I don't dissuade any players from that at all. I don't look down upon any players for thinking and feeling that way. But when it comes down to like Zach Levine's own personal play, some of the mistakes that he's brought here, things like that, this does seem like this marriage between Zach Levine. And, and the Chicago Bulls may actually be coming to an end. And if it is that, if it, if it is realistically coming to that end, at the point you have to also realize it kind of is what it is at this point, right? Everything has its course. Now, I think some of the other things that have come out, like, for example, uh, hearing that the Bulls may want to keep on DeMar DeRozan if Zach Levine does leave to me, that doesn't make any sense. But Casey Johnson saying in this same article in which he talks about the situation, I'm sorry, on the same show which he talked about, the things with Zach Levine said this, Zach Levine has never gotten over head coach Billy Donovan be- benching him late in the loss against the Orlando Magic on November 18th, 2022. It is now 2020. We are almost a year removed from that, right? 
And keep in mind, Zach Levine at that point in time had four points and he was one of 14 shooting. If you have not been able to get over being benched at a time where you were playing like trash to the point that it's just stayed with you, then at this point, like, maybe it is time. Maybe it is just time. Maybe the combination of the coach, which doesn't seem like it's changing, wanting a different city, whatever it is, maybe it's just time. So take what you will from Zach Levine's words. I would love to hear how you guys feel about Zach Levine's words. There's no video clip. I would love to have played that rather than me read it because I don't like to read. But outside of that, it just it really just comes down to it seems like this marriage is coming to an end. And for some Bulls fans, they're going to say, hey, it's more than enough time. It's time to end it. And for some Bulls fans, they're going to want to say, hey, the front, why couldn't the front office make this work? Why couldn't the front office put a team around Zach Levine that could be better? Why couldn't you get a player in here better than Zach Levine? Had to draft it better? Had this happened? There could have been a multitude of decisions that could have led to a different outcome. But this is where the Chicago Bulls are at right now. And it seems like, per Zach Levine's own words, and it seems like even from Casey Johnson, somebody who's been on the Bulls beat for a long time, that is finally finally coming to an end and what the next phase of the Chicago Bulls is and what it looks like that remains to be seen now before we go we're going to go ahead and get into an interview that I did with Justin over at the Bloody Horns podcast I'm really excited about this one really insightful guy and a passionate Bulls fan we're going to go ahead and play that now one thing I love doing about this job is being able to bring people on just have conversations about our favorite teams we got on Justin from the Bloody Horns podcast in the building what's going on man hey what's up Hayes how's it going man Hey, I'm living, man. I'm living, waiting to see what this Bulls team's going to do to get us out the pits of hell. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> yeah, we might be waiting a minute, man. I know everybody thinks that, you know, yeah. a Zach trade is imminent, but. And it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I know, like, you, like coming into last season, you were kind of optimistic like I was. I, I much like you, uh, thought the Bulls would finish, like, around the fifth, sixth seed last year. And then I came into this year, too, hoping uh, but the team's gotten off to a slow start. We've got rumors recently of, you know, uh, Zach Levine trade or something like that. Like you said, it's not imminent. I've already said kind of my platforms. I don't expect it to happen before the December 15th uh, time period. And it may even go further, further out than that. But when you hear about the team, like even now being more willing and Zach's camp being more willing, do you think that this is finally the season that the Bulls front office kind of picks a, a direction go on this team or do you think like it, it may be a slight retooling what like what 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 is the the Zach Levine and the recent trade moves uh rumors where does that put you with where this team's going yeah I mean it's funny you say they pick a direction because I feel like they have picked a direction it's just not the right direction you know their direction since they took the job has been we want to be a playoff team yeah they've never really said they want to contend contend they've pretty much from the jump said we want to be in the playoffs we want to be in the mix and all their moves have kind of been to get in that mix. Like I give them credit for the Lonzo thing. Cause that was working. I think we probably would have finished around uh three seed if Lonzo hadn't got hurt, yeah. but everything yeah. since then has been just to tread water and still stay in that playing mix. So yeah. I feel like a sucker. Cause I bought in all the way this year. I thought Javon and TC was going to get us, you know, in that five, six range. And it's just, they're nice players. Don't get me wrong, especially Javon Carter. We're not really seeing the uh, the minutes from him that we should be, but they're not enough to take us to that next level. We're not a better team than last year. Just flat out, not a better team than last year. 
Yeah, and and the thing is that like if you, like watching, you can tell they're trying to do things differently, and that's really kind of where it put me. Like, okay, we we just got to do something different with this rosters because they're they're getting to the same exact results, but even the statistics say they are doing things a little bit differently than what they have before. It's just not working, and you have to eventually come to the realization that there's only so much that you can do. Like, yes, this version of the team worked with Lonzo, but Lonzo's such a unique player that now you've spent the last two off seasons just trying to get back. To where you were with Lonzo, and it's just not going to happen. There's probably like two or three players over the course in the NBA right now that can that can exactly replicate what Lonzo Ball did for this team. And that's not to say that Lonzo is like a superstar; he's not. But like he just with this team, he had that level of impact. And we haven't fixed any of the other holes that we've had on this team, and it's just left us to just be in the same exact spot year after year. Exactly, man. And Lonzo was such a special player in so many things that don't don't show up on the stat lines because if you just look at the raw stats you're like how can how are they not winning without this dude like they're good stats but they're not superstar stats but uh my boy don on twitter yesterday he pointed out he showed a clip from alonzo game where it was on defense booch was out of position levine was out of position and lonzo just came in made it all work got the steal pushed the break made a play and we don't have that anymore pat bev was kind of that guy in a sense where he'd put guy, he'd tell guys to go to the right position, but he's not, he's not the athletic guy that Lonzo was, where if guys are out of position, he can just make up for it by flying around. So yeah, Lonzo's not a superstar, but he is like, what he does is so unique. I don't know if there's a player you could get in the league to replace what he did for the Bulls. Yeah. I'm and like, I'm not sure if this is the same play, but I remember a play where Lonzo guarded three different people on the same possession and then still came away. Like with the, like, it's just Lonzo was so special. Then. And, and his, his basketball IQ helped this team because like, I love Zach, but like Zach doesn't have the best basketball IQ. So when you put a player like that with Lonzo out there who communicates, has the athleticism, things like that, it helped close a lot of those gaps. And we're just, we're just not seeing that now. Um, Ultimately, when it comes to to the to the Zach situation, do you think that the Bulls trade Zach? Do you think they moved Desmar? Do you think we could see both of them moved? Where do you think that ends up going? I I mean, it's it's funny because I've I've kind of become a Zach Levine hater in a sense. Like uh-huh. I just I tweeted it after one of the games this year. I just hate watching him play ball, man. It's yeah. I don't know if it's just because we're at what year seven of the Zach Levine experience here, and I'm not saying he's not a good player because he is a good player. I just feel like he's never taken the steps to address his weaknesses. He's gotten better every year, but it's like he's gotten better at his strengths. He's never gotten better at his weaknesses. We still see the same late defensive rotations. We still see the same poor shot selection. His step back three-pointer drives me insane every time he does it. Um, And I honestly, I think he's lost a step. You know, obviously he's still an athletic freak. But when you're watching this year, like the Phoenix game, he couldn't get past Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon's 35, 36 years old, yeah. been in the league since 2008. And he was struggling to get past him. And you're seeing him get stripped more. And I think that's because he's so used to, before he was so athletic and so fast, when he beat a guy, he'd get two steps on him. And he could be a little careless with that ball. Now when he's beating guys, he's got maybe a half step, maybe a step. And that gap is closed where guys are getting their hand on the ball more. He's getting stripped so many times a game. So when we talk about trading Zach Levine, if I'm seeing that and I don't get paid to scout guys by any means, I got to imagine other teams are seeing that too. So yeah, I want us to trade Zach Levine, but at the same time, what does that trade look like? Cause I see people saying Josh Giddy, multiple firsts, like 
Jalen, Jaden Ivy in multiple firsts. I'm like, I, I don't know why those teams would do that. So I, I yeah. think Zach Levine is the piece to get traded, but I just question what's coming back to the Bulls in that trade. And I, and I agree with you. I, and I kind of went over it on my daily episode today, too. It's like looking at what all the teams would have to offer you all I, like, and looking at what that team's motivation would be. Like, I don't see the OKC thing. Well, Bulls fans have said Cam Thomas. I don't see any way in which the, the, the Nets give up Cam Thomas for Zach Levine. Now, I will say somebody that I do think, like the Knicks, we always know that they're desperate to trade for people. And hearing the R.J. Barrett in two firsts, I could see that happening. But to me, R.J. Barrett isn't that much different than Zach Levine. He's just younger. So. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about R.J. Barrett and Tyler Hero. I kind of put them yeah. in the same group where they're younger, but I feel like their ceiling isn't as high as peak Zach Levine's ceiling was. So even yeah. if they max out their potential, I don't think they're going to be as good as Zach Levine was that, um, what was that, the tw- the year after the bubble when Zach Levine, that was peak Zach yeah, Levine. Yeah, that was me, great Zach Levine, yeah. Yeah, he made all-NBA third team, I think, that year, so. Those guys are good. They're younger, but at their peaks, I don't think they're getting anywhere close to where that Zach Levine was. That's fair. That's fair. One of the questions that I want to kind of pivot to as well is like with this like kind of talk of the next version of the Chicago Bulls or whatever help it happens. One of the biggest things of like where why a rebuild is always questionable for like this Bulls team is I always say that while we have some young players that I absolutely like, I love Kobe, I love Io, um, but we don't have a young player that you can say right now if you were to blow it all up is really can, has shown you enough to build around that or even think that they're going to ascend to be something that that type of piece. When you look at the young players that we have on the Chicago Bulls team, the the IOs, the Pats, the Dalens, the Julian Phillips, the Damasinagos, all those guys, like what's your view on that, on that young, that young squad of the Chicago Bulls? And do you see maybe anybody that you really do think can elevate to that level where they could be a, a big piece of the team? Um, it's hard to say because when it comes, well, when we, we could start out Patrick Williams, obviously, if you're talking about the Bulls young pieces, I haven't seen it from Pat and people will say he's in a horrible situation. You know, the big three take away his opportunities or whatever. But to me, you look at Patrick Williams and the athletic build um, and he should be better than he is just based on his build. Look at Asur Thompson in Detroit. They don't call any plays for him, but he's crashing the boards every game. He's making plays happen by himself very similar athletic uh, build to Patrick Williams and uh, he's making plays out there we've never seen Patrick Williams aside from a couple games here and there where the big three weren't playing we've never seen him be aggressive enough to be a guy you can build around so I kind of throw him out Um, Dale and Terry same thing we haven't seen anything from him what we have seen has looked very bad but at the same time we're trying to judge him off garbage time two minutes you know, not prime situations to succeed. I love Kobe White. I don't know what he is on a true playoff team. I feel like he's more of a Ben Gordon type, off the Mm -hmm. bench bucket type of dude. And Io, I love what Io's shown this year. I was a big advocate to get him out of that point guard spot and get him moving more off ball, like like a Bruce Brown type. Mm, Um, That's aggressive late comp for him. I, I never thought about that. That's a great comp. They got similar builds, and yeah. Bruce Brown came into the league as a point guard, and now you would never think of playing him at point guard. So yeah. it's it's tough when you look at the Bulls' young core because when you compare it to other young cores around the NBA, it's not that good, man. Like, we can talk about Sonogo and Phillips and, you know, all those guys, but we've never seen them play. Even in the preseason, we didn't really see them play. So 
it's a lot of it's a lot of hope and prayers, but I don't really think we have that young piece that you can be like five years from now, I want him to be on the Bulls. Yeah. And that and that and that's one of the biggest kind of question marks on this team. It's like you know that you had this veteran core that you brought together, right? But you at least initially when this core came together, I thought that okay, this is AK giving them time to say, hey, hopefully by the time DeMar's contract's up, a Patch Williams has ascended or a Kobe has ascended, and we just haven't seen that. Now, I, I I understand kind of some of the some of the things and reasons to go into that, but I think whatever this next stage of the Bulls is, the future, we have to start hitting on draft picks at a higher rate than what we've hit on. We have to. And if and if that doesn't come, it doesn't matter if we go rebuild. It doesn't matter if we go retool. The future is going to be bleak regardless if we can't start getting those things right. Exactly. The uh, the bowl AK's draft record is not great. I mean, yeah. Patrick Williams was a miss. People will say Tyrese Halliburton should have been the pick, but he fell to 12. So I never really fault AK for that because nobody was thinking of him top five. But Patrick was still a miss any way you cut it. Dalen Terry's obviously a miss. And then. They paid such a high price to move up for Julian Phillips this year. It's weird that we're not seeing him in the rotation at all. Yeah, and it's so weird. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying their draft record, like if we're tanking for draft picks, the quote-unquote OKC model, I don't know if I trust AK to make those draft picks. I agree with you there. And and that's the, and that's the thing. Is it's so it's just questions all up and down the board. Like I was, I was about to say, like even with Julian Phillips, like he hasn't been sent down to the G League. He's not playing, so it's like, what's the plan? Like, you would think at the minimum, if you're not going to play him, get him some reps in the G League. They're not doing that. I don't know if they're just stashing. Maybe, maybe they are highly confident in his ability to develop. But it's, I, I just don't understand what their thought process is between drafting these young raw players. I understand that because if you can, if one of them hits, the ceiling on that's going to be crazy. But it doesn't seem like you're putting them in the right situations to develop either, and so it just brings about more questions. It really makes me question how connected Billy and the front office truly are because you think they're connected because they did the secret extension and everything. But if they if they had this cohesion, even look at Javon Carter. Why did we sign Javon Carter and bring him in instead of targeting somebody else if Billy was only going to play him 12 minutes a game? It doesn't really make sense. We could have taken that money and applied it to another wing or a power forward or something like that. And then you look at the Julian Phillips draft pick why did we move up and get this guy and spend assets when we're already, you know, dying to get assets? We don't really have a lot to give. We spent assets to go get him and nobody knows what the plan is with him. It's radio silence on the Bulls front. So it's weird. It seems like the front office and the coaching isn't really in cohesion. Mm -hmm, for sure. What what's, What is your view and feeling on the front office right now? Like, where do you stand with AK and Eversley? I... It's it's tough because because Garpax was so bad, especially at the end. They were so bad that it's <laughs> yeah. like when you get it's like when you get out of a really toxic relationship, right? And that first girl you meet, you're like, oh my god, she's amazing. And then maybe six months down the road, you're like, all right, maybe she's not that amazing. Maybe my last one was just that crazy that she looked amazing. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with these guys. Like at first, when he first yeah. got hired and he made the Vooch trade, he got Billy Donovan, like. Everybody online right now talks like they weren't hyped when that boots trade hit. I was on Twitter. I was in the Bulls Nation tweets. Like everybody was hyped for that Vucevic trade when it happened. Like we could do revisionist history now, but we were all pretty hyped when it went down. We weren't really concerned, okay. as concerned as we should have been about the draft picks. So you look at their first year going and getting Lonzo, um, getting DeRozan, you know, making the team work. 
and it, it was working. So I have empathy for them because they could have never seen this Lonzo Ball injury, not only him getting injured, but it taking this long to recover because we've never really seen anything like this in the NBA mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But what what annoys me about them or what turns me off from them and makes me think they're not they're just not built to be a front office is their refusal to pivot from the plan once the plan didn't go the way it was supposed to go. Like once Lonzo got injured, yeah. that offseason should have been like, okay, we need to pivot, we need a backup plan. And we're what almost two almost coming up on two years since Lonzo got hurt. And there's still been no pivot or yeah. deviation from the original plan. And and that that shows the difference between a good front office and a great front front office. I think is when you're able to adjust and audible from your plans, and and to and to read that situation scenario to forecast it. And they haven't. This Lonzo situation has been. You you could tell. I'm glad that they admitted it this past media day. They you could tell that last season they were really just hoping. Hey, we just need to tread the water until Lonzo comes back. And for some reason, they were shocked when it didn't happen. When I think we all kind of realized the, the severity of the injury, Lonzo probably wasn't coming back. Now, this offseason, I do like the additions of Javon Carter. I like the additions of, of Torrey Craig. But it just feels like they always leave something on the table. Right now, we got the disabled player exception. We still got half of our mid-level exception out there. And I get it. You have the ownership thing of not going into the luxury tax. But it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like all these surface-level moves to hope that it's going to it's gonna be end up being a home run. And then when it doesn't happen, they're just like, well, at least we tried to hit for a home run. Right, right. You look at, like, Torrey Craig's a good player. Did they really think he was going to yeah. come in and be – the connective piece at the four that turned us into a contender? Because if so, I really got to question their basketball IQ and their scouting department because he's a good player, but he's not that player. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's yeah. just it's just rough. It's rough being a Bulls fan, man, especially, you know, I live in Minnesota. All my friends are Timberwolf fans, and they got they got something awesome right now. <laughs> and I'm over here like – Except last night seeing Rudy Gobert get choked, <laughs> get choked out. out. So. <laughs> they got They got that – they're going through what we got to go through when Derrick Rose was young. You know, times were good. Things were exciting. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, as a Bulls fan, I'm looking around and I'm seeing reports that look, Zach Levine's finally going to get traded. Then I'm seeing reports that everybody's on the table except DeMar DeRozan, which I love DeMar DeRozan, but are we really going to retool around a 34-year-old? So it's just, yeah. The future, like the current, is dark, and the future, it's like I don't know, man. I don't know where the bright light is in the future either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just wish we had that that young piece where you could say, hey, at least we got this. Like no matter what happens, and maybe that comes, maybe it doesn't. Um, but yeah, you you said it. You said it all right there. It, right now, being a, a Bulls fan, it's dark times, and it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel right now. But like. Hopefully he comes. Hopefully it's unexpected. It comes. Maybe the team starts playing better. I have, I have, I don't know anymore. I really don't know. I'm, I'm done trying to predict things. Um, when you when you look at at this roster, who do you think if you had to? Uh, I I don't know if you like like to to guess trades or not, but like who do you think's not on this roster by the by the end of this season? I think Zach Levine's a pretty safe bet. Um, I think. Yeah. I, I just before I hopped on, I just saw uh, the report from KC that like Zach Levine was kind of more open, you know, before when they when they would ask him about a trade, he would say, you know, I, I would never demand a trade here. I'm happy here. And today when they asked him, he just said it's part of the business. So that's a little where there's smoke, there's fire. You saw him courtside at that game with his agent last night. That wasn't uh, yeah. that was not a small thing by any means. And uh, it just seems like. I mean, you saw Torrey Craig kind of get mad at him the last game. So it seems like the players are kind of shifting on Zach, too. We heard rumors of a disgruntled locker room last year. And I think 
there's probably a lot of guys looking at Zach, like what's, what's going on, man. You gotta, you gotta try a little more on the defensive end. So, and I think trade value wise, he, he probably has the second most value on the team. I think Alex Caruso is easily number one just because of his age, his contract, and the fact that he can fit anywhere. And uh, you look at DeMar and Vooch, and it's much harder to see the fits for them. So I don't think Zach Levine's going to be a bull. I just don't know when that trade comes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is when that when that shoe fits, and I will, when that it falls. And I think once that happens, it'll whatever we get back in a Zach Levine deal, that'll kind of tell us, what kind of or inform us what the next steps are because if it is all future assets basically in a super young player that's unproven i i personally would take that then it's probably saying we're going to just go younger and kind of move on to that next phase of the roster but if they get a player that can contribute now with some futures first out to like 2028 you never know what that means it's true it's i just wonder who who do you think is trading for zach levine because we see the philly rumors if I'm Philly, I don't yeah. want to take the ball out of Tyrese Maxey's hands. That's He's playing out of his mind. See the OKC rumors, same thing. I don't want to take the ball out of Chet or SGA's hands. The Knicks, do you want to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands? Like, Who do you think is going to be that team? I, people say the Heat, but is Zach Levine a Heat culture guy? See, that? yeah, that's a great question because I, I think Bam – and uh, Jimmy would be so frustrated by Zach Levine's execution on defense that it may run him out out the NBA. Like I'm just like they would be so frustrated. Now maybe he comes in a Heat culture, a head coach like Eric Spoelstra. Maybe they get something out of Zach Levine that that Billy Donovan hasn't been able to. There's something to be said there then too. But I just look at that and saying that's the situation where it's going to frustrate him. The one that I I keep going back to and keep circling is the Knicks because while I I, I agree with you, do you want to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands? But the Knicks are just always so starved for that big deal that I think that they may take the shot at it and just they have they have the future assets right they have R.J. Barrett that they can that they could include in and while I'm not super high on R.J. Barrett there's something to be said that he can slide into where Zach is now and you can maybe convince yourself to keep going the path for a little bit longer but then you have the Knicks picks um, so the Knicks are the team that I'm really looking at in all of this saying that. That's probably the one that I think is the most likely to move, make a move for Zach Levine. But don't don't look outside the Lakers either because the Lakers are always prone to, to do something. It's just that they – I think last time I checked, the only picks that they could trade are 2028 and 2030 pick. And it's like, I, I, I don't know, man. I just don't know when it comes yeah, to Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I got the Nets as a sleeper team too. Um, I would love to, to target Claxton for them. I don't know if they're willing to give him up, but he's he's one of those young bigs I look at. But the emergence of Cam Thomas, you look at them, you're like, do they really need Zach Levine? And what are we taking back in that trade? The Lakers is interesting. That, that would be like D'Lo and Rui or something like that. So it's just yeah. the packages aren't anything that are going to get you super hyped as a Bulls fan. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and then that's, that's going to bring about, the, the, you know, me and you are both on Bulls social media. And I can't wait to see uh, for everyone who's saying let's trade Zach when we when this deal does go through, if it does, and we don't get something back that people are expecting with some of the expectations I've seen, it's going to be a wild <laughs> damn pool of social media. They're going to be losing their minds, man. The uh, the Cooper flag train is already starting. And if we do a Zach trade that doesn't get anything back, then it's all aboard the Cooper flag train. And listen, that's not a bad train to be on. Cooper flag is it looks like he's going to be legit. He's so. legit. I just. The Bulls in the lottery, man. How many years did we have the best odds of winning the lottery and would end up pick four? <laughs> yep, our number seven, yep. right? Seven, three years in a row. So that that and that's always the thing that you play. Uh, the risk you you play with going full rebuild is that 
if you don't hit, and I, I would say next year's draft, honestly, I'd probably say top, not this upcoming draft, 2024, which is a, a, a fairly yeah. weak draft, but 2025 draft, uh, there's probably about three players. You can fall in that top three. You can probably make the case for, okay, tanking worked then. But if you fall out of that, it's, it, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's so. it's rough, man. It's Like I said, I don't really know what the <laughs> Bulls move is. It's just. I just want to see something. I think I said that last week on Twitter. Like, yeah. I'm not leaving. I'm not even looking for the Bulls to win a trade anymore. I'm just looking for them to make a trade. Just do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, the last time I felt like I was actually talking to my dad about this. I don't remember the last time I felt like the Bulls won a trade. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's. Uh, now you got me. You got me thinking. Um, Honestly, I think the last time I felt like the Bulls won a trade was the Eddie Curry trade, only because we got the pick that ended up becoming Joe Kim Noah. Got Joe Kim. What What about the John Salmons trade? Because he did he did come in and turn us into a playoff team and put up some numbers he against did, Boston. It, yeah, I mean John Salmons for that that period of time that we had him, I think he averaged over twenty points per game when we initially got him. So that could be one that you definitely look but at. That's what's that? Is that like fifteen years ago already? Man, it's. Yeah, something like uh, that it's crazy yeah you look at you look at the deconstruction of the 2012 bulls team and every trade that sent those guys out and we lost every one of those trades every one so, of them. Yeah. yeah you look at the last trade the bulls won you're like i don't i couldn't tell you man <laughs> so ho hopefully the bulls break the curse with whatever pending trade comes down the line man um before i let you go just as it stands right now, we're 11 games into the season. What What's your record prediction right now for the Bulls, all, all things? Good. I mean, I want to be optimistic. I'm usually a pretty optimistic guy when it comes to the Bulls. I predicted them to finish, I think, the five, five seed this year. But it's just been rough because those seven losses, they've all been rough seven losses. Very, I think two of them have been pretty close. But what are we, we've been blown out by 23 times already this year. Like, just yep. just getting our asses <laughs> handed to us out the gate. And that's that's where it's like the concerning part is because every first quarter, I feel like I'm in a time loop. We come out, no energy, starters aren't playing hard, and we're down 15 before you know it. So if I really – if I want to be optimistic, I'll say the Bulls tie their record of last year, 40 and 42. That's that's me being optimistic. Uh, otherwise, I could, I could easily see a 30, a 28, 30-win team just with how we're playing. And the East is young, man. The East is athletic. The Pistons record isn't good, yeah. but there there's some hungry hungry dudes out there. Orlando, Indiana. So it's rough for the Bulls, man. It's rough. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I came into the season saying I think the Bulls could get 45 wins upwards of that. And seeing just seeing the, the lack of execution, like you said, how this team just gets outworked by these young, scrappy teams is just like, Man, I would if the Bulls get 40 wins this season and keep everything the same. Uh, of course, it'll change if we make a trade. I'd say, like, with how they've looked so far, I, I, I'd be surprised, man. I'd be surprised. it'd be a miracle. Tonight's game is going to tell us a lot because the Magic are young, the Magic are athletic. Yeah. Um, they're missing Wendell, so you would think Vooch could go to work, but I've said that three or four games this year and it just hasn't happened. So, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. All right, Justin, thank you so much for taking time out today, man, to join me. Tell the people where they can follow. Uh, you, you can follow me on Twitter, bloody horns podcast. Um, yeah. Follow me. See some, some unhinged bulls tweets from time to time. 
<laughs> yeah, I've been there myself here lately, and I've I've kind of my drafts right now are crazy on Twitter. I'm oh man, so the amount of times crazy. that I type a tweet out and then my finger is hovering over that that send button, then I'm like, ah, that's that's yeah. too far. That's too far. For sure, for sure. You guys make sure you go follow Justin, man. Really good follow, really good dude as well, and a very insightful Bulls fans. You guys know where to follow me. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And lastly, you can leave a text message and our voicemail, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, and we out. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.